Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. I've been talking in recent months around how it's significant for us not to get stuck in a rut. Many of you that have been here, I know that there's many testimonies of how God's been encouraging you around just just to keep on walking, not to get stuck in a rut of thinking that we're a victim or that we, uh, you know, had done by by life or that we, uh, you know, that we just don't want to get stuck in a rut, that we've, we've said over our church that we're cancelling cancel <laughs> and we're just going to keep on going ahead because God's got something so great for us. We don't get stuck in a rut. It, it, it's also significant to talk about what we're moving into at the moment. Uh, which is actually a reflection once again of the season that we've been into. And it's actually in the context of our relationships. Just, I'll pause just to let it go deathly quiet just for a moment. Because let's face it, relationships are quite challenging, right? If you, you think that if you're around for a little while, you would appreciate you know, if you're beyond the age of 13, you'd appreciate that sometimes relationships can be just difficult. <laughs> and uh, if that's not your case, God bless you. We love to see angels in person, so God bless you. It's wonderful. So they're just, they're just difficult sometimes and tricky and messy sometimes, even without the pressures that we've been through uh, in the world, in Australia. And then in the Northern Rivers where we live as well, where it puts pressure on is in the things that are most dear to us, which is really our relationships. And so for these next few weeks, and I've got this little intro that will just be a little teaser. It'll be just a little burly in the water, you know, just a little bit of, you know, come and get it. um, For us talking about our relationships and how precious they are to God. (laughs) That's significant. It's like, woo, you mean God actually cares about those things? Absolutely, He does. And just give us some godly wisdom, not from me, but from the Scriptures. I'm just going to be the middleman. I'm not talking to us as a person that is perfect, but a pilgrim on the journey. I'm going to throw myself under the bus a fair bit, which is good. And we're going to learn from the Scriptures because God has a script. That's the word Scriptures. He has a script. He has a, he has a plan for our life. He is a God that is so dynamic that the Scriptures were written thousands of years ago. But because they're alive and they're attached to a living God, they are more applicable today than they ever have been in our life. Because it's not a book of fables or stories of past historical worth. Although the Bible is esteemed as one of the greatest books of antiquity through its historical facts, it's beyond that, that there is life to be received, there's principles to be applied, there's Jesus to be revealed, there's lessons to be learned, there's life to be received, there's transformation to be attached to. I'm telling you, the Word of God is alive. And so we're going to do that and apply it to our relationships, which is significant. See, one of the most challenging parts of these last years has been in the context of relationships where there was added tension, 
added pressures. And even, you would maybe even say this in your family context, that where there has never been division before, there was division over things. Sometimes if you look at it, there are even over silly things. It's like, why did we even argue about that when we are family? But nevertheless, it happened because of the pressure and the tension. And so where one, some people were saying it was a blessing to be together through the COVID season to be together and have nothing to do. Other people were saying it was a burden to be together with nothing to do, which is significant. I know for me these last years that the season, particularly through the COVID years, it it nurtured and cultivated relational landmines, both for me and the people around me, the people that I was pastoring, some of them you, insecurities, resentment, division. And so it's really significant for us to come to the Scriptures and learn from the Master, the Master human being. Jesus is the ultimate human being. He teaches us how to be human. Uh, Sometimes I just want to know, how do I be human? How do I relate to people? How do I relate to the world? How do I relate to God and spiritual. How do I do that? Well, we see it in the example of Jesus. And so all this process is relearning how to relate to one another again. Do you remember when we first came out of lockdown? It's like, oh, how do I speak to people again? (laughs) For one, I can't wear my pyjamas anymore. (laughs) And secondly, how do I talk to people? feel in contact. Well, well, further than that, how do we relate to people? Relationships, I'll say this right at the start, are the foundation to your life. You're beside people today. You're sitting beside them, some of friends, family, some strangers, but it's about relating one to another. And so in every way, we are rebuilding foundations on how do we do life-giving, godly relationships. And I pray that there would be wisdom that would be helpful and a blessing to you and your family. Uh, Now, right from the outside, I I want to say that this series is not just about marriages. And I want to be believing for great marriages. All the while knowing that we're (laughs) fixer-uppers. We're all fixer-uppers. And so this marriage, yes, it is about marriages, but it's not just about marriages. It's maybe if you're looking at marriage, maybe one day you're wanting to get married, maybe you're single and you just want some good friends. Like we all do. You just want some mates and some friendships. So this series that we're launching into today, just with a little teaser, is about relationships in so many different dimensions. The title of our series This year, it's behind me on the screen there already. Not this year, these next couple of weeks is called Relationship Goals. Say it to the person beside you. Say Relationship Goals. Now, I don't know whether you're an avid social media person, but if you've ever seen, been on social media and you've seen somebody post a picture that is in some way has some relationship connection. It might be a family. It might be a cute family like you saw today and they have their little loved one in a cut out pumpkin 
and it's just beautiful and everything is just perfect. Maybe you've seen a couple and he is dangling that lady over a cliff and it looks so perfect, her hair's not even in place. And you'll see inevitably, if they are well known, you'll see a comment in the comment of the social media, relationship goals. As if the person that is following is saying, you know what, I want that. (laughs) I want to have that cute child that's not crying in the pumpkin. I want to have that boyfriend with the six-pack and more pecs than a chicken coop at feeding time. I want that. I want that. The question is, what is that? I mean, seriously, what, what, what is that? You know, they say relationship goals, but what is that carrot that is waved in front of us when it comes to relationships that kind of stirs up a FOMO, but we don't actually know what it is. In fact, is it worth chasing after? Not only marriage, but all those things that are presented to us. Is it actually worth it? What is the goal of a relationship that will bless you and the people around you and fulfil you with such a sense of wholeness? What is it that will get you longing for that? I mean, because we can be presented with a whole lot of different things that actually don't tell the story. I mean, if I showed you one photo of my young son, the first photo, um, you know, you think, oh, yeah, this is Caleb. He's a lot older than that now. It's uh, how old was he then, Dulls? My wife's not even listening on the front row. (laughs) There'll be a beautiful chance for an altar call at the end of the sermon and... Hey, Kevin, it's hard when your wife doesn't even listen to you on the front row. Hey, surprised she's not out the back. Um, This is your son. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cute me or him? Yeah. So this is Caleb and you're looking at hashtag beautiful, like these beautiful babies on stage today. Beautiful, you know, hashtag Family goals, that's how I want. I just want a perfect child. But the reality of it is, next photo. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you've got to keep it real, right? Come on, somebody. And the reality of it is, is that many of our relationships are just messy. It, once again, if you have a perfect marriage, God bless you. Uh, God bless you, you're the fourth person of the Trinity, but life can be just messy. Even as teenagers, I love our teenagers down here, you know, having friends can be just messy sometimes. So how do I have these goals? How do, what, if I'm going for something in relationships, knowing that they're meaningful, knowing that I, I need good relationships, whether it's my marriage or as a teenager or just in life, uh, I know it's meaningful, but what do I go after? What can I build on? Once again, if we're talking about foundations, what can I build foundationally into my relationships that will be a blessing? What can be true godly relationship goals? And once again, this may surprise you. Uh, I must say, just say this. I think there's a people that are growing that the, not only in the church, but just in general, that want real, that want authentic, that... that 
what they thought was that the carrot, it didn't satisfy. They want something different. They want more, more and they want different. They want more than normal. They want more than the fear in relationships or the hurt or the regret or unforgiveness or jealousy or selfishness or insecurity. They want something more. I know I do. I want to go on. I want to learn from the master how to do relationships. I'm a builder by trade. You know, when you're learning as an apprentice to know how to do something, you'd go to the master. Even in my day, they were, when I first started, they were called master builders. <laughs> and so you'd go to the master builder, the tradesman that was qualified he just wasn't wearing high vis and oh, I'm a tradesman and eating meat pie, so I'm a trade. No, he was a master craftsman. He knew what to do. You'd go to the master builder and say, show me how to set this house out. Show me how to do these timber stairs. Show me how to do this. We're going today through the Scriptures and through this series to the master who knows you, who knows relationships, who knows dynamics beyond what you'd ever imagined. This is going to blow some of your minds right now, but God is, the God of the Bible is a relational God. Just pause for a minute. He's a relational God. He's not this mystic deity that takes delight in being distant from people. In fact, the Bible records even first creation after He'd spoken the earth into existence. Let there be light and, and the seas and the earth and the trees. He spoke it out and it was. But He saved His best creation till last. And it wasn't good enough to speak humanity into being. No, He reached down into the dust. And with His own hands, He created humanity. Why? He always wants to get up close and personal with humanity. But not only, significantly, he not only cares about this way relationship, he actually, actually cares about this way relationship. And we're going to see that in the, in the Scriptures right now in Mark 12. This is significant. We're going to skip through this. There was a religious person that came to Jesus and he was trying to trap Jesus. And he said, Jesus, tell us what's the greatest commandment. You know, what's the greatest commandments? Now, you all know the Ten Commandments, I'm sure. You, if not, you've seen, you know, Charlton Heston, Heston in the movie Ten Commandments. And, you know, do not murder, do not, uh, you know, do not kill, do not steal. There's the Ten Commandments. So this guy's coming to Jesus. He's saying he's from God. And he's trying to trap him. He's saying, Jesus, what then do you think is the greatest commandment? Because he wasn't really interested. He was just trying to trap Jesus. Religious people always try to do that. They try to trap people that have a real genuine relationship. And so he just smacks this guy right between the forehead. And he says, this, this is the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So, so if you're in church, even if you're not from church, you'd understand that Following Jesus, following God is about this, that it's God and us connection. But wait, there's more. Then he goes on, but the second commandment is just as important. Your second, what's this? This stood out to me when I read this. The second is equally important. Can you say equally important? So we're saying relationship, loving God is so important, but equally important is loving your neighbour 
people as yourself. And no other commandment is greater than these. Significantly, it's been said that the cross, which is the central figure of our faith, the the central symbol of our faith, the cross, it has two beams. It has a vertical beam and it has a horizontal beam. The vertical beam reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross, that it connected man with God, earth with heaven. But significantly, the horizontal beam reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross was not only for this connection, but also through this connection, one to another, to other human beings that we would relate with a God-like relationship because of what Jesus did on the cross. Beginning in the early 20th century, construction began on a bell tower to complete the city's character and cathedral complex of a city in Italy. It was constructed of beautiful marble. The engineers discovered that as they got to the end of level three of eight levels, that there had been movement in the foundations and in the footings, so much that this bell tower was leaning to one side. In fact, in the next few decades, it began and still leans to this day five degrees to in one direction. Through many uh, ways of intervention and trying to rectify this horrible engineering catastrophe, it was useless. And so today you and I know this tower as the leaning tower of Pisa in Italy. And it's significant today that it's remembered for all the wrong reasons. Because the foundations were not firm, the tower was not remembered for its glory and its prestige as it was originally intended to be a part of the city's worth and glory, but rather because of its failure to hold up the building. Significantly, no matter how good your goal is, foundations are critically important to the successful outcome of what you are building. And friends, let's be frank for a moment. The relationships in our life are worth putting value upon and building in God's kingdom, in God's ways for His outcomes as well. We all desire, at least have an inner need for great relationships. So that's why this series is foundations that will build strong and life-giving relationships. Before I pray for you, here's the good news, that it's never too early or too late to build strong, godly foundations for your relationships. Amen? Amen. Why don't, you put your, why don't you stand to your feet right now? Why don't you put your hand upon your heart right across this place? Why don't we all stand to our feet? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for these beautiful children that we've dedicated Thank you, Lord Jesus, for those youth that we've welcomed into the youth program. Thank you for Chloe celebrating, Lord Jesus, her graduation as a young woman of God. Father, today, I thank you for your people. 
I thank You that You love them, that You are for them and not against them. I thank You, Lord Jesus, that You long to be close to them. You long to bless their life with a heavenly blessing, with the touch of heaven. Father God, I pray for their relationships today, those that are close to them and those that are far. I pray, Lord Jesus, this season... Father God, I pray that You would bring us into truth. I pray that the blessing of God would be rich upon our lives and our homes and our relationships in such a beautiful, fresh, life-giving dynamic. We pray in the Name of Jesus, do things that are impossible for man, but possible with God. I pray, thank You, Lord Jesus, that You're not just interested in our vertical connection to God, but you're also just as equally interested and passionate about our relationships one to another. So in every way we need you, we need your grace, we need your forgiveness. As we forgive those, Lord Jesus, who have sinned against us, we need the spirit of reconciliation and restoration to be released upon our people and upon our own lives. God, we need You. And we're asking that You would do something fresh and unique in our lives. In Jesus' mighty Name we pray. Amen. Well, yeah, heads are bowed and eyes are closed right now. I just want to pray for a different group of people today. And you just know that we've been singing to God. We've been praying to God. I've been preaching about God for a few moments. But you could say, honestly, I don't know God for myself. I I don't know Him like others seem to know Him. I didn't even know you could know Him. I thought this was just a bowing the head of some deity that is out there wanting to throw lightning bolts of judgment in my direction. Friend, I want you to know today that Jesus loves you so much. The God creator of heaven and earth loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son as a human to come and experience what you and I experience, to walk amongst us, Emmanuel, God with us. He sent Him to not only live, but later to die, so that anything that separated us from God would be taken away. So today in this place, friend, I want you to know that God loves you and He has died for you on your behalf so that you could know the life-giving power in your life. Today, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want you right across this place. Why don't we all do this? Put our hands upon our hearts right now. And I want to pray for people that want to open their hearts to Jesus. Say, Jesus, today, I'm opening the door of my heart to Your grace, to Your kindness, to Your love. I'm opening the door of your heart, my heart to You. So come on in. I hear You knocking. I hear you looking for me. Come and find me this morning in Jesus' Name. Heavenly Father, right across this place today, You know every single person here. You know them by name. You know the details of their life, their beginning, their middle, the end. You know their heartbreaks. You know their greatest sorrows and their greatest joys. Heavenly Father, right now by Your Spirit, become real to people in people's lives. 
Father, I pray they might receive the smile of heaven. They know that because of Jesus, they can receive the smile of God upon their life. They can know without a shadow of a doubt that You are with them, that You are for them and not against them, that You're on their side, Lord Jesus, and by their side. So Heavenly Father, right now, thank You that lives are being transformed. People are encountering You. People are coming alive in You this morning. In Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Thank Him for His goodness and His grace. Come on, why don't we sing this song one time? Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N church.